be sick or concerned or worried about anything is our prayer this morning, Father. So we give you all the praise, the glory, and the honor for hearing our prayer for optimal overall wellness this year, God, that we will build those kinds of futures for ourselves is our prayer this morning. So thank you for hearing our prayer, answering, showing us great and mighty things yet to come. In Jesus' wonderful name we pray, amen and amen. Well, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. So we again thank the Lord this morning, amen. I was reading uh, something out of um, uh, one of my readings I was reading, and it, and it talked about, you know, uh, that there is no riches above a sound body and no joy above the joy of the heart, you know. And so I, I thought that was just kind of very encouraging. And so I want to preference what I'm going to teach this morning. You know, we left off last Sunday talking about, you know, in the book of Proverbs, chapter 17, uh, I want to say verse, may have been verse 22, King James Bible, where it talked about a merry heart. And uh, all this week, I've been kind of like trying to keep a merry heart just to experiment a little bit because I know the power of laughter. I know the power of joy. Sometimes we say the joy of the Lord is our strength as we read over in the book of Nehemiah, chapter 8, verse 10 of the King James Bible. And it is so true. And so I just ran across volumes of scripture that talked about the power of joy. You know, when it comes down to healing, you know, even science. You know, some of the scientific studies and researches are beginning to find out how how science and faith and joy work together to bring about an, a, an optimal level of wellness, too, for people. And a lot of them are, are recommending that people kind of <coughs> a lot of them like to say stay in a positive attitude and a positive state of mind. But then when I go and look in the Bible and that scripture just kept ministering to me. Uh, over in the book of uh, Proverbs chapter 17, verse 22, you know, in the King James Bible about the merry heart doing good like a medicine, you know, and that's God's word telling us, man, you know, and, and even in the book of Psalms chapter 16, verse 11, you know, the King James Bible, it talks about in the presence of the Lord, there is the fullness of joy and pleasures at your right hand forevermore. And then David writes in the book of Psalms chapter 30, verse five of the King James Bible, and he says, Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. And so I started thinking about what was what was what was that morning? And then I had to go back to what Paul had said that I would rather glory in my afflictions that your grace might show up. So Paul understood how to go through an affliction. He prayed three times over there in the book of Second um, Corinthians. I want to say verses 12, chapter 12, verses uh, eight and nine, where he asked God to heal him. A mighty man of God, you know, had had some issues. He had Luke, the physician, always traveling with him to main, so that he could maintain some state of health so he could carry forth the gospel. But I thank God when he, he asked God three times, thrice to, to heal him. And the Lord told him, Paul, my grace is sufficient for you. Paul didn't get mad, disappointed, sad, blaming the doctors, you know, and, you know, and saying, Lord, if, if you're not going to heal me, just go ahead on and take me. I'm ready to go. I don't want to deal with this and that. No, Paul said, you know, I would rather glory. I'd rather be excited. I would rather be cheerful. I'd rather have a merry heart about this thing because I'm still going to be able to do the will of God if the Lord's grace is sufficient for me. He said, so I would rather glory in my afflictions that that grace might show up. And so Paul met this thing, man, he counted all joy, you know, the things that he suffered for, for Christ's sake. And so, you know, I, I started seeing the connection in the relationship to our optimal 
overall wellness, sometimes it comes through a, having a merry heart. You ain't going to be able to change the doctor report anyway, but you can believe the report of the Lord. And we ought to be excited about that, 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 that that's not the end all when you get a report from the doctor. That's just really the beginning, an opportune time for God to come in. And in my weakness, he can make his strength perfect. Man, that's, that, that's exciting right there. Because when you think about it, all that we have gone through, all the testimonies going through COVID, uh, going through cancer, going through diabetes, going through all these things that God has brought us through with some joy and excitement, man. You know what I'm saying? Because it was the Lord on our side who did this. And he gave us precious promises. And so I want to say this to you this morning, and I want you to get your mind around this thought I'm about to share with you, is that we must meet every challenge with pleasure. Every challenge with pleasure. We got to see it as a, as a pleasure to us because we're in the presence of God. And if the fullness of joy is going to come and spring forth, then we got to see it as a pleasurable undertaking at the right hand of God, at the right side of God. That's where we're positioned at. We're not fighting for victory. We're already positioned in the presence of God. He, he, right there with him. We're at his side, you know. And, 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 and we ought to greet that thing with pleasure. In, you know, so in the presence of the Lord, there's a fullness of joy and pleasures at his right side forevermore. So we meet every challenge with pleasure because we know that as saints of God, there's something higher when we go through something. Because all of us are going to suffer persecution for Christ's sake. And sometimes that's what sickness would do. It feels like I'm being persecuted and I ain't did nothing wrong. But sometimes it's just for Christ's sake. It's sometimes that in that weakness, in that struggle that I'm going through, it's so that God's strength can be made perfect. You know, and it's amazing sometimes how we do not want to go through anything. But God said, hey, there, this is common to man. There's no temptation that nobody else don't get tempted and go through to doubt God. But he said, but I won't put more on you than I know you can bear. And with that temptation, I'll make a way for you to escape out of it. I think that's in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, the King James Bible. So it's very clear, you know, he's not going to put more on us than he know we can bear. And sometimes it's not God that's doing it. It's just choices I made. You know, I ain't rebuking no devils. I'm trying to examine myself and see how did this happen? Did, did this something I did most of the time? Not the time. It is. Because of ignorance, because I didn't know. But see, once you know something, you know better, you can do better. And so I just want to say that, make, you know, meet every challenge that you face with pleasure. Consider it a joy, you know, to suffer for Christ's sake. You know, because he said, in this world we live in, we're going to have trials, we're going to have tribulations, but be of good cheer because I have already overcome this world. You know, and there's a lot of sickness and disease and infirmity associated with being in this world. That's why he says be in this world, but not of this world, because a lot of things we partake of this world is not for our good. The lust of the eye, the pride of life, the lust of the flesh will make us sick if we're not careful. And God wants us to make better choices because we we're well informed about some of those things. There are things to be received. To nourish our bodies, there's things that's not to be received that will hurt our bodies, hurt our lives, hurt our souls, hurt our spirits, hurt our minds, hurt our being uh, a, a child of God, you know. And we always say, you know, the church cannot be the one with worse than the hospital that got so many sick folks in it. And so God is trying to help us there. And so, and so you know, we just want to 
say that to you this morning. And so this morning, we want to we want to deal with that a little bit, talking about that merry heart that's good, do us good like a medicine. We believe that, you know, uh, the Bible has the answer for, you know, for our healing. You know, um, there's a lot of there's a lot of proof of that out there. And we're going to talk about a little bit of that uh, this morning, you know, and and and. Um, I was just reading some of the scholarly work that a lot of the scientists and doctors have discovered about the power of laughter, the power of joy, the power of being cheerful and merry, even when you're going through something, you know, because we have the power to turn our attitude around, even in the midst of a horrible situation. Nobody should be more effective at turning your attitude around than you. Why is that? You're the one that's going to get all the benefit. And so if I'm going to get all the benefit for turning my attitude around, going from doubtful to believing by faith that it's possible, because I have the promise of God that it's going to be, it's going to work together for my good. I have the promise of God that said he sent his word in the book of Psalms, chapter 107, verse 20, King James Bible. I sent my word to heal you. And in there, he's talking about Jesus Christ, our healer. That's going to come, listen to this, and make every bitter experience sweet. That's what he's talking about to Moses over in the book of Exodus, chapter 15, verse 26 of the King James Bible. He said, Moses, tell them, don't be sad. Don't be upset because these boils and these sicknesses that they, they, you know, they got infected with in Egypt. I'm bringing them out of that. And if I'm bringing them out of that, no need to complain. I am the Lord that healeth thee. I'm your chief physician. I'm going to make every one of your bitter experiences sweet, but you got to trust me. You trust me to bring you out. I didn't bring you out to be sick. I didn't save you and put you in the church to be sick, the sickest thing in town. You know, I didn't, I didn't save you for the emergency room to be filled up with deacons and ministers and pastors and ushers and people in the church. Stay away from them all. You can eat buffets. And that's me talking there. Because we see it a lot of times. People go stuff themselves. They go gorge themselves. They become gluttons, man. As soon as, as, soon as the benediction is done, they're, they're thinking like gluttons. Mm. But see, you, you, can, you change that attitude. You say, nah, I'm going to fast today. Nah, I'm going to go home and, and, and eat me some, some, some vegetable soup or something. You, know? you don't have to do that. But you are the ones. We're the ones who can change our attitudes about that. And, you know, so there's a lot of... Uh, uh, theologians out there that have done some work too have have coupled with the science community and the medical community, and uh, they are recommending uh, humor as one of the one of the alternatives to being sad. You know, I I like telling little jokes sometimes. I like sometimes uh, when I go pray for people. Sometimes I tell them, "You better get your butt up off that bed and come on here." You you know we got work to do to get people to laughing. And sometimes it works, and sometimes people, say, Pastor, you just don't know how bad I feel. Change your attitude. You, you're not going to feel better because we're snared by the words of our mouth. We're taken by the words of our mouth. So I want to make a big deal because, man, when I saw all these scriptures about the power of laughter and joy and cheer, you know, you know, even in the book of Psalms, chapter 27, it talks about be of good cheer and the Lord will strengthen thine heart. Again, I say be of good cheer and the Lord will strengthen thine heart. You know, just volumes of scripture that talks about how health is related to your state of mind, your attitude about it, you know. Meet every challenge with pleasure. Have a good attitude about it, amen, because anybody who try to live God, godly will suffer persecution. And a lot of times it's not people persecuting you. Sometimes it's things persecuting you. 
that you have no control over. Sometimes it's places you go to and you feel persecuted because you're limited. You know, you go to places now and they tell you, I'm sorry, but you got to have a little card that says you've been vaccinated. So it's people, it's places, and it's things sometimes that persecute us. And we get a little saddened by it. When we should be considerate, you know, a, a, a joy and a pleasure, cheerful, you know, approach it that way. Change that attitude. It'll make you feel a whole lot better. And this has been proven about humor, uh, humor, you know, being, you know, I, I keep me two or three little jokes sometimes and sometimes the Holy Ghost give it to me fresh. I believe when I read these scriptures, I believe because there's so many scriptures in here that back up what I'm saying is documented. You gonna hear some of them in a minute that Jesus had a, a, a sense of humor, mm-hmm. you know, laugh at some of the foolish stuff, man, that Satan was up to. And some people was up to, in a way, you know. And I look at it, and that's how I look at it, because it make me chuckle. You know, I'd be like, you know. So humor, as they write, is a prelude to faith and laughter. In the beginning of prayer, it should always be that way. You know, when you get ready to pray to God, be excited about it. Don't be sad. You know, I think about sometimes the types of prayers we pray. Thanksgiving. Be excited. Supplication and Thanksgiving. And there are those times when you pray those prayers where you, you're actually uh, agonizing. You know, but agonize with some joy. I believe that when Jesus was agonizing, that suffering was, was kind of like the joy. He, 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 that, the joy of it was he knew he was doing his father's will. He had accepted that cup. And yes, as he was agonizing, I believe that there was an inner strength in him that brought pleasure to him to be able to do the Father's will to that level so that the world could be, have a chance to be saved. I believe that it, it was, it was, I believe it was humorous for them to think that they were going to take his life, Pastor. Mm-hmm. I believe it, the joke was on them. No, I'm laying my life down. You can't take my life if you do. I'm going to raise it back up in three days. I, I, I believe that there was some cheer, some, some joy inside of him that he was suffering for us, for, for his father's sake, to please him, you know. And I, and I believe that was his motivation, that it was one of the most, probably one of the most encouraging, exciting things in that challenge. And I believe that he found pleasure in it. That's why I said we meet every challenge with pleasure. I believe Jesus was, he said, my meat is always to do the will of him that sent me. I believe he met that challenge, man, as a pleasure to him. Because he had a chance. He said, Father, you know, hey, if it be thy will, take this bitter cup from me. But nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. So he found pleasure in that thing, man. You know, and so, you know, and, and he suffered, man. And that's why the Bible says, he was wounded for our transgression, bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement of our peace was upon him with whose stripes we are healed. So whose report do you believe? We ought to be excited that we have a report that says that with his stripes we are already healed. You know, you know. And so, you know, and, 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 and we as believers should be the quickest ones to believe this. But now you got doctors, you got, you know, theologians, you got scientists, and you have some of the, uh, some of the uh, Christian believers out there who happen to be, you know, doctors in the medical profession, in profession who's now recommending this. They're, they're using this as a type of therapy to encourage their patients. They're writing books on this now, you know, man, because they're trying to say, you know, ain't no, if, you, if you know you're going through something, ain't even being sad about it. 
You know, it's just going to bring you down more. It's just, it's going to, you know, it's going to destroy your will to want to live more. And so you want to try to get people upbeat, especially if they land there and they're a Christian believer. And we ought to be, you know, telling little jokes and things. You know what amazes me? When we go to a home going, everybody want to come and tell a joke about a dead person. Mm -hmm. They can't laugh at that stuff now. Mm. And you got the audience of people out there that's alive, that family member with their head down, sad, grieving. They start laughing. And I say, well, why, why didn't they get together like that and go to the hospital and create an environment of laughter and joy and humor so that the person could be uplifted? You know, you know. And so it should always, laughter should always be at the beginning of prayer when you're praying for somebody. You know, uh, there was a, a quote where this person named St. Thomas Aquinas, he said this right here. He said, it, it, it ought to be a requisite for the relaxation of the mind that we make use from time to time a play as a playful deed and jokes to create humor. You know, and he's talking about this in relationship to, to praying for people that are sick. You know, call for the elders of the church. We don't have to go in there and be so deep. You know, try to relax the person. He said that, that ought to be a thing that we do from time to time, you know. Laughter is a good icebreaker for people to get to know one another. And people use it that way, you know. Got comedians out there in the world making millions off of it. You know, we ought to make people better and well in the church off of it, free. It's such a fantastic outreach that it's hardly a laughing matter. <laughs> it's a little bit more serious than that. And uh, this, 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 uh, this, this guy wrote this, you know, he happened to be a member of the Lutheran faith, you know, but he was a, re he was a renowned theologian and, and uh, he began to work with the science community and, uh, you know, in the, in the medical professions to incorporate because he had looked in the scriptures and he saw the benefit of it, you know, and he began to share that. So this morning, my, my scripture reference is out of the book of Proverbs, chapter 17, verse 22, the King James Bible. A merry heart <clears throat> doeth good like a medicine. Now, I didn't put this in here. The word the word offers us this, you know, and we know that in the book of Proverbs, chapter four around verses 20 through 24, the Lord tells us about keeping that word in our mouths, keeping it before us. My son, you know, he's talking to Solomon there. Solomon, you know, is, is reminding us there as the son of David, what his dad told him to do with the word, you know, that that word might be like a medicine to your flesh and marrow to your bones. That's the benefit of keeping that word. And we should laugh about that when we get all these other reports because we know what the word of God says. You know, and it's amazing sometimes how the enemy try to send you something. You know, think about it. He try to, his voice try to tell you something different. He might even come and tell you you're going to die. And sometimes you might tell yourself, your attitude might be you feel like you're going to die. Sometimes people say, Pastor Sharon, I, I, I'd rather die than to lay here yeah. and suffer like this. Lord, take me on out of here. You know, we ought to laugh at, at the foolishness sometimes. And say, God, you know, be thy will, let it be done. You know. You know, we, we sometimes quickly rebuke and say, the devil is a lie. Oh, well, go ahead and laugh at him. If you really believe that, laugh at him. It's okay. When you laugh, the Lord laugh. When you pray, God pray. Well, Jesus prayed, he intercede for us. So the joke is on him. You know, I, I had to learn that when God told me, you're not going to die. Every this sickness ain't unto death. 
you know, I, I thought it was hilarious when I'm sitting there asking God, why me? And he said, why not you? It was, it was, it was hilarious. At the same time, it was concerning. I was serious about that. Why, why me? And I laughed about it afterwards when he told me, I'm not the one trying to kill you. The devil, your adversary, he come up for to kill, steal, and destroy. I came that you may have life and have it more abundantly. I got happy about that. That, that reminder that I have life in Christ Jesus. I don't have death in Christ Jesus. I already died so that I might have life. <clears throat> and it was hilarious that the enemy would try to come and tell me otherwise. And the Lord came back and answered me with the scripture. You're not going to die. This is not under death. This is so you can have your own testimony. You've been testifying about what I can do for everybody else, and I've been doing it and showing you. Now you're getting ready to get your own testimony. You're getting ready to go to another level of faith. You're getting ready to go to another level of strength. You're getting ready to go to another level of glory. You know. So don't be comparing the, the, the sufferings of this present age to the glory that shall be revealed in you in the presence of God, in the word of God. And if the word of God be in you, you abide in it, it abide in you. He said, you can ask me whatever you will, and I will do it if you don't doubt in your heart. But believe, I got excited about that, <clears throat> you know, and still excited about that. And so a merry heart do it good like a medicine, or rather it makes uh, a good recovery. I'm thinking about this now. How do we recover? You know, because we got excited about what God was saying. You know, so so that merry heart makes makes for a good recovery. You know, people go to the recovery room and we be praying for a speedy recovery and all of that. We don't have to do it so sad. That we see that God has kept them, the surgery went well, they're in the room, we go visit them, they're smiling a little bit. <coughs> and sometimes they'll tell you, we make the mistake to go say, How you feel? And they'll be like, you know, well, I feel pretty good today. I've had my good day, my bad day. See, they changing that attitude. And when we hear that, we, 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 we have to build toward that recovery that we want for them. We have to start telling them, well, you sure do look, you sure look like you're doing well, you know. And sometimes the nurses being there with a big smile on their face, man, talking to them and wiping down stuff, man. You're going to be all right, Miss May. You're going to get out of here, you know. You know, devil is like, he can't stop you. You know, God, you know, they, they're trying to create that environment to work on that attitude, you know, to get people to relax. You know, hey, the surgery went well. The recovery is taking place, you know. You know, and, 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 and as Christian people, you know, I was reading one of these quotes and it says that, you know, our duty ought to be able to maintain a level of religious gladness when we go into situations like that, if they call for us. I, you know, I'm not a religious person, but I understand what they're trying to say. That if anybody ought to have some joy and excitement about what God is able to do, it ought to be us. We ought to carry that forth. Speaking those things that what we say, that be not as though they are. And if they say it, we ought to be speaking them glad. We ought to be saying, man, may the joy of the Lord is your strength. You know, you know, God, God is, I see God is bringing you back. You know, you're going to rise up off this bed of language and you're going to yes. be back in that church praising God. You're going to be back at your own home. Thank you, Jesus. It ain't going to be long as you, it was, you know. Things like that, you know, and he's saying we should be the ones who maintain that attitude uh, and it's based on gratitude. See, if God brought me through something mm -hmm. and I'm trying to help you get through something, I ought to be glad about what the Lord has done. That's right. You know, we ought to be saying this is what the Lord has done, yes. you know, and praise him. What, what do we say in the book of uh, uh, Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 14 in King James Bible? Mm -hmm. Lord, if you heal me, I am healed. 
If you save me, I am saved. Yes. You are my praise. Yes, you, are. you know, enter his gates with thanksgiving. Come in his courts with praise. Where's his gates and courts? Every time I find myself in a situation, there is an opportunity right there for me to treat it like the courts of God. Whether I'm going to visit somebody in the hospital, whether I'm going to encourage a family at the funeral home at a wake. My attitude ought to be one of gladness. We always tell people, we need to praise the Lord no matter what happens. We still got to praise God. Well, let's praise him then. It'll help those who are, who are, who are I'll say this, who are ridiculously mourning God. And I'm not going to tell nobody how to mourn the death of a loved one. But sometimes we see people, man, take off running down the road, screaming and hollering, kicking off the shoe, laying on the ground, kicking. When I worked up in Arlington Cemetery as a state and territory casket platoon, sorry, I saw all of this stuff. And I was like, wow, man. You know, but that's, that's them. They, they control their attitude. They control how they want to mourn. They control how they want to rejoice. But I'm just saying for us, children of God, we should maintain some level of gladness that comes across in us showing gratitude. And if the person dies, saved, Pastor Sherman, that's a shouting moment. Ask them from the body and present with the Lord. They made it in. We still hear man trying to get there. We ought to be shouting and praising God. I was so blessed when, uh, when uh, our dear sister's husband went on to be with the Lord and we went up to mid. Man, I'm telling you, man, there was an excitement on that hill. And she said, I'm going to worship God and I'm going to praise God. You know what I'm saying? That thing did something for me, man. I'm telling you. Did something for her, too. Did something for the family and friends too. That's right. They were able to receive the word that went forth, mm. you know, mm. in gratitude for the love of God towards us. Okay? That's complete. No sickness, nothing else gonna change that. You know, it's complete. And then the scripture says in the book of Philippians, chapter 3, verse 1 in the King James Bible. That's again the book of Philippians, chapter 3, verse 1 in the King James Bible. Listen to this now. Finally, my brethren. Rejoice in the Lord. Okay. To write the same things to you, to me, indeed is not grievous. But for you, it is safe. You know, we like to say the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous are into it and they are safe. That's true. The book of Proverbs chapter 18, verse 10, the King James Bible. Paul knew what he was talking about. Remember, he's the one that prayed three times for the Lord to heal him. And the Lord said, Paul, my grace is sufficient for you. You safe. You good. It's sufficient for you. And Paul said, okay then. I'd rather glory. I'd rather be glad. I'd rather be excited. You know why? Paul got all these people following him and they watching him. This is a guy who's a prosecutor. What he's so excited about now? And Paul's attitude of gladness around them as he was, he was preaching and teaching now what out of the change that had took place in his life, Pastor Sharon, he was okay now with his, with his, with his illness. And he said, I'd rather glory. And he was preaching. And he said, it's safe for you that I do this. Because you're looking at me and you're saying, it's something unchanged about Paul. And it got their attention. They wanted to listen to what he was saying. And Paul didn't say it, man, in sadness. He didn't say it with his head down. He said it with some, with some joy. He said, I'd rather glory in my afflictions. You know, I'd rather, you know, rejoice in my suffering for Christ's sake. You know, Paul understood now. You know, he was glad about it, man. And so he's telling the Philippians church, man, you know, rejoice in the Lord. This is, I'm writing this to you. 
Not for you to be sad and head hung down, but for you to rejoice. And so a merry heart doeth good like a medicine. So when you can't do anything else, throw your hands in the air, man, and just wave them like you don't care and say, Lord, I just thank and I praise you. And sometimes just laugh. I tell you, you'll feel better. You know, I learned something by going to the clinic. When I was diagnosed back in 2003 as a type 2 diabetic, listening, I had heard this before, but then it became personal. That when you laugh, there are endorphins that get released in your body. I didn't even know what an endorphin was. And Pastor Sharon can probably, you know, talk about more about that medical term than I can. That's why I heard it up there in that clinic, talking with someone. And I loved the laughing. I was laughing at that time. You know, I loved the laugh. I loved the joke, you know. But I didn't realize the connection to my health. Until then. And so I had to sometimes, you know, find myself laughing. And then I remember one time we was at church cleaning up that morning and laughter broke out in the church and people was crawling all on the floor. Man, we, man, we, we had a spiritual takeover up in there. It was laughter, man. We couldn't stop laughing. Some of the ministers on the staff, some of the clean, we were laughing, laughing, laughing. That spirit of laughter came in that church, man, I'm telling you. And we all felt so much better when the cleaning was over. We saw some powerful things, man, you know, that adjusted people's attitude. Came in one way early in the morning, sleeping in the eye, didn't really want to be there. Complaining about this, complaining about that. But before you know it, bam, the spirit of laughter sat down on us in there that morning. We were sitting on the altar laughing. People trying to talk to you broke out in laughter. Some over there in the corner rolling on the floor with laughter. Some over there with a mop in their hand laughing. Some out in the hallway laughing. Some on the buffer laughing. People in the bathroom cleaning laughing. It just was a, a, a laughter, a moment of laughter just took over. And I was like, man, you know, thinking about church services like that, man, where everybody's on one accord laughing. And we all felt better when we finished that day cleaning. Laughter will make you feel better. I don't care what you're doing. Meet every challenge with laughter. Meet it with pleasure. Be excited about it, child of God. And he goes on to say, you know, in the book of Philippians chapter 4, verse 4 of the King James Bible, just a got one more chapter over. Paul is nailing this message home, man, to these Philippians. They must have had some serious problems up in there, some sad faces and some, some heads hung down. But listen to what Paul said. He said, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. You know, Paul is saying, hey, you know, again, I say rejoice. Okay, because God going to heal you. God going to deliver you. You know, it's going to be like medicine to you. And then Paul said, once you take that dose, do it again. Do it again. Keep on doing it. You know, get all of it. Milk it. Get everything that God got for you in it. He's not telling you not to go see your doctor. He went. He had a a loop with him. He's not saying that, you know. So it's okay to believe to re- believe what the doctors say, but that ain't the final report. I'm going to rejoice because I now know what the doctor saw. I now know what he showed me on the x-ray, but I'm going to rejoice because I know who my healer is. And again, I'm going to rejoice. And again, I'm going to rejoice because I'm going to the doctor again, you know, Monday, have a procedure. I'm going to go probably go next year or next month. You know, we, we go to these doctors and we do these follow-up appointments and they read the, the labs and they discuss things with us. And right there in the office, Pastor and I, we just tell, hey, we praise God. Sometimes the doctor throw his hands up and, and, and praise God. We all be rejoicing again. Every time we go, we rejoice again. We find opportunity to rejoice because we believe the report of the Lord. And we know that as Christian people, we have to maintain an attitude of gladness about the things that God is doing, what he said he's going to do. Yes, Lord. And it makes us feel good. We come out of that doctor's office. We're not sad. Even sometimes if everything on them labs are not as perfect as we want them, 
Well, our hope was not in them labs anyway. It was an indicator to us, a reason why we should praise God, a reason why we should be declaring, Lord, if you heal us, we're healed. If you save us from this, we're saved. You are still our praise. Mm. You know, in all things, we give thanks unto the Lord. You know, and Paul is letting them know, rejoice is something, is something here, you know, in rejoicing. Get that attitude right. Uh, over in the book of Philippians chapter 4, verse 5, the King James Bible, just the next verse, look at what he said. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Now, you're, you're a saint. I don't care where you go, what you find yourself doing, you know, don't get, let, let your sadness be in moderation. Let your mourning be in moderation. I've seen folk take off and go running down through there, man. Half of the people at the home going chasing after them because they might hurt themselves. And some of them go down there and fall on the ground just kicking and kicking out of them heels, man. Trying to run with, with three-inch heels on. You know, Paul said, let it be done in moderation. God is in control. God never loses control. He's never out of control. He wants us to do everything in decency and in order, even when you're grieving and mourning. The only time you should be sporadic is when you're praising God. That's the only time. That's the only time you're going to be safe. That's what Paul just told him. You know, that's what he just told him, you know. Finally, my brethren rejoice in the Lord. He said to write the same things to you, to me, indeed, is not grievous, but for you, it is safe. You know, in your, somewhere in your praise, you know, somewhere in your praise. And so when you look at verse 22 in uh, the book of Proverbs, chapter 17, verse 22, the King James Bible, it says, A merry heart doeth good like a medicine, you know, understanding um, this comparison to the, the other alternative, which is to be sad, you know. And when, he, when the Hebrew, when they take this word medicine, which is so important, uh, it's a Hebrew word called Giha, and it occurs nowhere else in the Bible but here. Uh, and it probably means healing or relief. You know, medicine here is, we're talking about healing or relief from whatever the challenge, whatever the struggle is, okay? Uh, you know, sometimes it's, it's, it's a better rendering of it is a cheerful heart make a good healing. Mm. It makes for a good healing. And when you look in the book of Proverbs, chapter, uh, let me see, chapter uh, 3, verses 5 through 10 of King James Bible, it says this, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It shall be health to thy navel. Now, I'm talking about in the gut. Remember, all sickness started in the gut, all healing started in the gut. So right behind your navel, it's right there centrally located, right in front of your gut. And marrow to thy bones. Honor the Lord with thy substance and with thy first fruits of all thine increase. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty and thy presses shall burst uh, out with new wine. The reason I read that last little precept there is because we're talking about optimal overall wellness. And one of those areas is finances. Some of those areas is, is the environmental things, the social arena out there. We have got to have a healthy relationship with all of these eight different areas that we're talking about. These are eight different uh, levels or dimensions of healing. 
that us, us pastors are going to be talking about, you know. And so that's why I read I read that last that last line or two there because it's important too to the overall optimal overall wellness, you know. And so not only is it physical, not only is it spiritual, not only is it mental, you know. But in our occupation, you know that that challenge that we meet every day when we go out into the workforce, into the environment, you know, that there there's there's opportunity for wellness out there, and we ought to be excited about it. We ought to meet it with gladness. You know, and so Paul, I mean, so uh, Proverbs, he's writing here telling us about that. You know, it's, it's that relief. It's that healing. That, that's what that medicine is talking about. And then he goes on in the book of Psalms, chapter 22, verse 15, of King James Bible. Listen to this. He said, my strength is dried up like a pasture. Mm. OK, and my tongue cleaveth to my jaws and thou hast brought me into the dust of death. Now he's talking about the sadness here. So the opposite of healing, you know. So you have to look at it like that. The opposite of being glad is to be sad. And sad does sad does not help you recover. It drags you further down into that pit. And this is what David is saying here. This is why David okay wrote all these worship songs that he was going through. He found he found that there was some there was some healing to be had. Mm. And sometimes you had to be running from from your enemy mm. Mm. and and hungry and thirsty and wore out and wore down nowhere else to hide. You want to find you a cave to go in and you show up at the temple and you see a table over there with some showbread, some holy bread. You ain't thinking about any of that right now, man. You so you got your men with you and you need to eat to get your strength back up. And David wrote that song in Psalm 34 at that time. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continue to be in my mouth. He knew, he knew that being excited to get me off from worrying about the hunger pain, from worrying about I'm going to die of starvation, I'm going to die of thirst. And the priest at the time saw them acting like that. And some fellows came in to him and told him, that's David out there. That's David, the king, in that state right there. He was running from Saul. He was running for his life. And they had not eaten or drank anything for days trying to run fleeing from him. He was not going to touch Saul. And in, and, and in doing so, he was touched with starvation, with thirst, you know, near point of death. And he decided to bless the Lord. Because mm. God is my praise. Yes, he is. And the Lord and, 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 the, and the priest thought they were crazy. He told him, yeah, give him that food. Give him that food. I don't want him to come up in here and hurt me. So he gave him the food. But see, we know that that was God's way That's right. of helping them. Brought them to that low point so that David could see that God was with them. God had not forsaken them. God provided for them. And that's why he said, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continue to be in my mouth. And if David didn't die, his men didn't die. They got strength. They regained their strength. The joy of the Lord became their strength. Mm -hmm. You know, and so he provides us with a psalm to talk about that experience. Yes. There, there is an experience above uh, falling into depression and sadness that can be had at your low point. Mm -hmm. You know, if we would look to the hills from which cometh our help. Yes. Another psalm that David wrote in the book of Psalm chapter 46. Look to the hill from which cometh our help. Our help comes from the Lord. I don't know whether it was morning time, daytime, but I know David also wrote in the book of Psalm chapter 30 verse 5, the King James Bible, the weeping may endure for a night. 
and joy comes in the morning. I don't know whether they had been running and fleeing Saul all night long because the enemies were behind them. I don't know whether it was morning time when they showed up at that temple and ate that bread on the shoe bread and drank that wine. I don't know. But David wrote that psalm, so it had, it had to be something going on in his life that was traumatic for him to write weeping. It may have been when his, his baby died. It may have been when the prophet told him, you that man. I don't know, but every instance where we see with David hit some hardship, listen to this now, a lot of it his own doing, mm-hmm. at the peril of his own doing, create his own mess. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Come on now, tell me, like a lot of us. But look at what he, look at what he writes to us, volumes, man. And we read this word, and, we, and you can't tell me you don't feel excited when you read it. It gives you hope. It changes your attitude. Yes. That's why we have to always go to the word and treat it like a medicine that's mm. good for our flesh and marrow for our bones. Just a couple more of these right here, because we're going to be talking more about this in the future. I got so many scriptures about laughter and joy, what it does for us physically, mentally, spiritually, you know. We will have optimal overall wellness this year in all these areas that pertain to life and godliness. Because we're going to build it on the word. We're going to build our hope on the promises of God, like they did. Mm-hmm. And so let me give you just a couple more of these right here in the book of Psalm, chapter 32, verse 40, King James Bible. He says, for day and night, thy hand was heavy upon me. My moisture is turned into the drought of summer. Selah. Now, David is, again, making a comparison here because David remembers his personal experiences. Yes. As the king. As the king. You know, you're not exempt because you've been pastoring for five or six years. Come on. You know, you're not exempt because the brotherhood put a title on you, apostle and bishop and all that. Anybody who try to live God, they're going to suffer persecution. But where is your refuge? Where is your fortune? Who do you turn to when there are things that the doctor can only diagnose? Who do you turn to? The Bible said that there be any sick among you, let them call for the elders of the church. Let the elders of the church come, anoint them with oil, lay hands, pray the prayer of faith, the prayer of faith will heal them, and God will raise them up. That's in the book of James, chapter 5, verses 13 through 16. It's all right there. Most times people go, man, buying all this stuff. They go to the, the psychic hand pump. They go to all these places. And some of them go get another prescription from the doctor. They just want something to deal with the pain. They don't really want to be recovered spiritually. They don't want their attitude to change. Jesus. They'll tell you in the heart, I ain't having a good day today. Feeling a little sick. Mm. Well, change your attitude. Make you feel a little better. Come on. You know, sometimes when I'm, I'm, when I'm going through pain, you probably would never know it because I'm not going to change. I'm not going to change. And before you know it, the pain is gone because the pain is, it's like the pain said, this joke ain't going to change. Yeah, I have a high level of pain tolerance. I learned that in the military. No pain, no gain. I know Pastor Eddie what I'm talking about. Okay. Okay. So a merry heart. Okay. Um, read this and I'm, this is my last scripture. One thing about a merry heart that I found, Pastor Sharon. What's that? Once you get it, mm-hmm. it'll go all day long and keep you. Mm. You know. Thank you. Well, guess what? The opposite of that is a sad heart will go all day long and keep you sad. Mm. So you get to choose between the two. I choose to have a merry heart all day long. I get bad reports, sad calling people all the time, complaining about how sad, how bad they had, text, all that. And I'm always trying to respond from my attitude, which is a merry heart, one of gratitude. I'll tell them in a minute, but you're still alive. That's right. 
My dear sister Winky, she'll come on here, man, and we'll start talking about the goodness of the Lord. Before you know it, she's shouting all over the place, just like this morning. Mm-hmm. I ain't finna mock my cousin, some of my cousins. I ain't finna get in that pit with you. I ain't finna wall in that pity. Come on. No, my, that ain't my attitude, come you on. know. And so let me close with this verse of scripture right here. It's in the book of Proverbs, chapter 15, verse 13 to 17, the King James Bible. A merry heart mm. maketh a cheerful countenance. But by sorrow of the heart, the spirit is broken. The heart of him that hath understanding seeketh knowledge. That's what I do, man, you know. But the mouth of the fools feedeth on foolishness. Mm. All the days of the afflicted are evil when they do that. But he that is of a merry heart hath a continual feast. Better is little with the fear of the Lord than great treasure and trouble therewith. Better is a dinner of herbs mm. where love is than a stall ox and hatred therewith. Sometimes we get so mad because we sick, mm. mad because something happened. Mm. Where's God when you need him? Start rebuking devils mm. from way back. We'd be like a wild ox, man, kicking all over the place, you know, trying to get free, trying to get out. When we ought to just do like Paul said, mm-hmm. I'd rather glory in my affliction that his grace might yes, appear upon yes, me. Because yes, yes, yes. it's a merry heart that doeth us good like a medicine. Mm-hmm. Fools do otherwise. That's what he's saying. Father, we thank you. We praise you this morning for what you have spoken to us. Mm-hmm. That a merry heart do it good like a medicine. Thank you, We thank you, Lord God, that that medicine, according to the Hebrew text, it's like relief. It's like healing Mm -hmm. from what we're dealing with, what we're struggling with. If we just change our attitudes and look to you, the author finish and develop our faith and rejoice in the Lord. If we just look for you, God, Mm -hmm. and enter your presence where we're safe, the name of the Lord is our strong tower. And the righteous, we run into it with the right attitude and we're safe. We find pleasure in every challenge. We meet every challenge with pleasure because we're in the presence of the Lord where there's the fullness of joy and pleasure at your right hand forevermore. Even David demonstrated to us that I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. And Lord, if you heal us, we're healed. If you save us, we're saved. You are our praise. Even in difficulties, as Paul said, even when you told Paul, no, my grace is sufficient for you. He decided at that moment, I would rather glory in my affliction that your grace might appear upon me. This yes. is our prayer and our request today. Yes. That even right now, Father, many are beginning to laugh. Many are beginning to be humorous. Many are beginning to rejoice. And again, I say rejoice because, Lord, you will strengthen us. And so we give you the praise, glory, and honor right now. Let these be the steps that we take forward as we strive to build a future of optimal overall wellness in our physical bodies, our spiritual bodies, in our finances, in our intellectual abilities, in our environment, in our occupations and career choices, even in our social arena as we interact with others. Let the joy of the Lord be our strength. Let it, let it spring forth in us that people can see, Lord, that there is a joy, there is a, there's a radiant excitement in our attitudes about the things of God. As we share, let us be excited. Let us not be downtrodden when they're downtrodden, but let us be uplifting and encouraging. And we give you the praise for it now. For it's in Jesus' name we offer this prayer to the God above. Amen. All right, then, we'll praise the Lord. We're going to open up the School of Healing uh, Wellness Center line this morning for 
comments. We'll start with Pastor Sharon. Pastor Sharon. Praise the Lord. Um, I'd like to 